Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man. Better than he was before. Better. Stronger. Faster. Why is that opening so incredibly cool? Because, Wade, it is uh, part of the DVD release that you and I have been clamoring for since we were 13 years old. That's true. Forever. We, f- we decided to forego our usual opening because this is a very special week, Mark. This is a special week because we have sitting in front of us not just season one, not just season one, part one, or season three, part two. We have the complete collection of the $6 million man. The whole damn Megillah in a big box set. Heavy, too. Yeah. The whole uh, the whole big damn thing. The problem is that every time you open it up, you hear this. You ready, Wade? Yeah, I'm ready. Every time you open it up. Every time. Every time, time, you, every time you open it. I don't think it. this could be shut off. No, it can't. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. It doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. It's got a little trap door on the top. Basically... <clears throat> It uh, it comes with a there's a there's a lens. Wait 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 stop wait here you ready? <laughs> See, okay, thank you, thank you for that, Mark. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's a big box with a little lid that has a lenticular on it that makes Steve look kind of like he's either blurry or he's running depending on where you sit, and then inside um, you get. Every single episode in a series of keep cases, uh, all five, five seasons plus a disc of extras. Now, uh, when Wade brought this over, I had no choice but to pop. pop. Now, Wade's already seen it, but yeah. I mm-hmm. had no choice but to pop it in and watch the Bigfoot episode. Well, the, the return of Bigfoot. That's oh, the, the return of Bigfoot oh, episode. The one with the, Sandy Duncan. It's oh. after. It's the, see, that became like a, a multi-parter, too, with Jamie Summers involved after Steve gets hurt. Then she's got to go. And it, remember, it, was, it switched from the Six Million Dollar Man to the Bionic Woman. They did a multi-part episode like they did with the Fembots. It's awesome. Now, See, I'll, although as much as I like the Fembots and the Bigfoot episodes, I got to tell you, the two Marslander the adventures prefer those yeah you know i was asking you at the time we were we were watching it whether the makers of the show realized how lame it was like we thought it was the coolest thing ever because we were 13 years old but what did they think yeah were they like totally did they think they were doing art i don't think they thought they were doing art but i think they knew that they had something very cool on their hands and they didn't have the same budget back then that they had today i mean you know television budgets did not explode until the 80s well, yeah, I mean, I remember back when Star Trek The Next Generation in the mid-90s yeah. cost over a million dollars an hour, well, the, and that was the considered first, one of the most expensive. The first show to hit that peak was Battlestar Galactica, which was a million dollars an episode in 19-whatever-that-was, 79, was it? Was it 79? I, I think they got it was. nothing for their money, if you ask me. I think it was 79, and, uh, you know, they, it just it became profusely uh, – they just bled money profusely every week, and, um, you know, that's why it got canceled. It, didn't, it wasn't for want of ratings. Although the recent Battlestar Galactica – uh, prequel Caprica yeah. just got canceled. Aw. Well, anyway, the Six Million Dollar Man complete collection from Time Life, who's done a number of these complete collections, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, this is just fabulous. I uh, look, is the show a little bit cheesy? Yeah, so what? Uh, it still is just totally freaking awesome, and uh, you can't get enough of this stuff. It re- if you grew up on this show, you will just be enthralled. There are 17 hours of bonus material here. Um, which is just all three reunion movies, Return of the Six Man Dollar Man and Bionic Woman, Bionic Showdown with uh, Sandra Bullock, Bionic Ever After, Mark, stop it. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's fabulous. There is just so much fun stuff here. Um, you, you just can't get enough of it. Uh, Oscar Goldman, I mean, these are, these are names that are just iconic. Oscar Goldman, Jamie Summers, Steve well, Austin. Well, you know which name is the most iconic? Thank you. Mark's going to be doing that for the rest of the show. <laughs> Probably am. No, it's great. And it's a beautiful box. It's just, I mean, we've waited so long for this. I, I swear I'm going to sit down. I'm not, you're not going to dig me out until the end of the year. 
I'm going to spend every day during the holidays just watching episodes of this show. You know what? I The uh, Mars Lander. Man, the Mars I'm, Lander. I'm right there with you. And now all we need now is the Space 1999 one, and we're the good. The Blu-ray. Yeah, the Blu-ray Space 1999, which was which supposed to – Which is amazing. Which was supposed to come out a few weeks ago, but I guess it's not now coming out until uh, about two or three weeks from now, so – well, I've seen some with. screen grabs. I can't remember I know, if we I, talked about this last week, but yeah. I saw some screen grabs that compare the Blu-ray to the current DVD, and it's a revelation. I harassed the people at A&E about it a little bit, and they got real testy and said, it's not out for another couple of weeks. I was like, well, I saw some screen grabs. So obviously you gave it to somebody. Anyway, just uh, get through some little uh, some ephemera here that's uh, uh, not sort of in any category per se, but which you really got to know about. There's uh, the Endless Summer Director Special Edition, which is really good. If you are a fan of the Endless Summer, which was basically the, the surfing movie that started it all, and there's an Ultimate Summer thing coming this week we'll talk about next week. It's... Uh, it's more of this uh, Bruce Brown stuff. But Bruce Brown basically was the surfer slash documentarian who kind of started it all for surf movies. And uh, The Endless Summer is legendary. And this is a two-disc set. comes in eco-packaging, meaning cardboard. Uh, and um, it's really good. It's nicely remastered. I don't know why the director's special edition is that different, but uh, it's got a few interesting bonus features, uh, timeline on Bruce Brown's life and career, uh, some featurette stuff. But uh, it's the movie itself, just this this old surfing footage, 92 minutes worth, really, really cool. I don't Awfully like this cool. uh, cardboard ego. I'm, I'm not, I'm not fond of it either. Here's what I want to do. I want to come out with a DVD where the packaging is made out of dolphin blubber, oh, that uh, would be great. seal skins, and lamb guts. That would be great, and then all the all the uh, eco people can freak out. Well, we're you know I'm, what I'm still waiting for is the uh, the ultimate summer Bruce Brown Surf Collection, which comes out, which we're supposed to be getting this week, which includes not only the Endless Summer but Endless Summer Two and a whole bunch of other stuff that he did, a lot of his shorts uh, and subsequent films. So, uh, but it all began with the Endless Summer. It's a great movie. It really is, especially if you know. I mean, I never surfed, but I grew up in a surfing community, and I get it. No, uh, Endless Summer was a classic of its time. And it was. It's, it's well, still it's the first of its, first of its kind. You yeah, know? yeah. It's holds up. It's sort of set it all up. I uh, also want to make mention of some uh, interesting um, indie film li- uh, indie DVD lines that we've got here uh, that are releasing more and more really interesting films. There's uh, the Tribeca film series, which is uh, part of New Video, and New Video is associated with you know, A&E and a lot of other, uh, and that whole enterprise. But they have this line of Tribeca film, which are films that have um, screened and, and or premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, but don't get necessarily theatrical distribution. And that's a real problem for a lot of festival films. They get great exposure at uh, festivals, but then it never translates into commercial dollars. So a very small group of people wind up seeing them. So they're, uh, they're using the Tribeca label as a way of marketing some of these things direct-to-video and hopefully reaching out to that audience that doesn't get to go to festivals. And uh, some interesting titles here. We'll be talking about them in future weeks. But this one is a film by Tariq Saleh called Metropia. And a uh, pretty groovy movie here, Mark. Uh, Vincent Gallo, Stellan Skarsgård, Udo Kier. We met Udo Kier. Juliette Lewis. I mean, that's a great cast. It is a good cast. And we met Udo Kier. Udo Kier is one of those guys who shows up in the weirdest cult films, and he's so Udo Kier. <laughs> he really is. I'm not sure what nationality that guy is. He's German. He's German. Oh, yeah, he's, he's German. He's like the German... And he always plays vampires. Huh? He always plays vampires. Well, either he plays a vampire or he looks like he should be playing a vampire. Well, he doesn't play a vampire here. Anyway, uh, Metropia almost feels like it's uh, caught somewhere between Blade Runner and Brazil and uh, Steven Soderbergh's Kafka, which has yet to make it to DVD, even though it was two years ago he told us that he was trying to get a commentary together. Uh, and uh, it feels very, very Kafka-esque and uh, all done on kind of a, a, a shoestring budget here. The uh, the idea here is that the um, the world is about to exhaust its oil supply, and there's this giant uh, web of trains that goes underneath Europe. And uh, Vincent Gallo plays the uh, the guy who the, the Kafka esque hero here who uh, who thinks. Why that, are we talking about this movie? No, well, because it's a cool movie. No one's going to see it. It's a cool movie. No one's going to watch it. He's the he's the kind of Kafka esque figure who uh, whose conspiracy theories generate the story behind this. But anyway, it's it's very very cool. It feels probably more like Kafka than any of those others. But uh, it, I think it's really really cool. Definitely go check it out. And then we also have from the IFC line, uh, IFC Midnight. 
a Johnny Toe film called Vengeance, starring Johnny Halliday, which was at the Cannes Film Festival and at the Toronto Film Festival and never really got a proper theatrical release. I like Johnny Toe. He's good. Uh, Johnny Toe is just like the last of the great Hong Kong gangster filmmakers. He's making stuff. John Woo isn't doing it anymore. Uh, Ringo Lam's not doing it anymore. But Johnny Toe is knocking him out of the park. Uh, this film just wasn't as amazing as something like, say, Exiled, which a lot of us really, really loved. But uh, it's it's pretty cool. And uh, Johnny Halliday, the great French singer and actor, is, uh, you know, he's really getting to that grizzled stage in his life where he uh, he can be that kind of um, that kind of Clint Eastwood figure, that uh, chiseled, mysterious, granite-faced guy. Anyway, uh, really, really uh, kind of a good Dirty Harry type revenge film, uh, more kind of more Death Wish than Dirty Harry, but uh, really good. Uh, Johnny Toe just continues to impress. And then also from the IFC Midnight Line, is Don't Look Back, uh, starring Monica Bellucci and Sophie Marceau. For me, all you need to say is Monica Bellucci and Sophie Marceau, and I'm done. Sophie Marceau, by the way, and I haven't said this for a while about yeah. anybody. Sophie Marceau? Delicious. Delicious. I know. I'm there with you. I interviewed her, and I can speak from firsthand experience. Absolutely true. Uh, this is from director Marina Devan, and uh, who previously did the film In My Skin. This is a thriller about uh, two women who are in kind of a well, how would you put this a um, the, it's it's a web a of lesbian in- uh, whorehouse. I'm not gonna. It's it's a web of intrigue. Why don't they have, a, why don't they have a, a, a brothels for lesbians or gays? You know, like whorehouses. I'm and sorry, but I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to answer that question, so I'm going to take the fifth. Gods at digigods.com. If you That's know it. why, you if you're a woman and you would like to yeah. uh, uh, buy the services of a woman for the evening, you can't do that. No, like you if can't. you're a man, you'd like to buy the services of a man for the evening, you can't do that. It's always got to be the opposite sex. I, I why is that way? I'm not. I have no idea. I believe you do. I don't. And you have this uh, this uh, this sheen of uh, of intelligentsia that surrounds you, this aura of brilliance, and you don't want to stoop down to my level to talk about why there's yeah. no. Same-sex brothels. I'm sorry. I, I just I just don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Gods at digigods.com. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Going to get that Steve Austin thing the whole show long. Anyway, uh, the you know what they call her the luscious Monica Bellucci here on the. Uh, Ah, they try to rip us they're, off. They're ripping you off there. Anyway, the uh, that's don't look back. It was also at uh, at Cannes, and it's a it is a uh, it's a cool thriller, but it's almost impossible to describe. And then we got a couple of nifty little uh, doohickeys here that sort of give you uh, bits and bobs of what made these people. Well, this is from Johnny Legend, who puts a lot of these kind of uh, cult discs together. This is uh, Dennis Hopper, the early works, and uh, this is really just. Strictly for Dennis Hopper fans, and God rest his soul, uh, we love Dennis Hopper. But it it includes kind of early television appearances, and then uh, this really low budget film, Night Tide, uh, which is kind of a cheesy little genre film made for no money. And um, it's funny because it was shot partly on the Santa Monica Pier, which looked totally different at the time, and uh, made in the early '60s. Not very good, but if uh, you know, this whole thing is kind of interesting if you're. Uh, if you're a Dennis Hopper fan, to sort of see him in his younger days and how he emerged and evolved. And then along similar uh, vein, we have this thing called Trek Stars Go West. Now, Mark, you're going to get a huge kick out of this. This is a two-disc set, um, also from Johnny Legend, that uh, basically shows uh, future stars of Star Trek, and some of this stuff is just ridiculous, future stars of Star Trek on Western television shows. Now, there are other people here, uh, a lot of other actors, you know, Lon Chaney Jr. and various others who show up in these shows. But really, this is all about watching Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, James Doohan um, in really cheesy television Western appearances. Uh, they, just to make the point, they Photoshop. Like, here, here, this is how cheesy this is. You've got Leonard Nimoy as an Indian, William Shatner as a cowboy, and DeForest Kelly, who, of course, made a lot of Western movies, all on the cover of this thing. But to emphasize James Doohan, they do this horrible Photoshop of his face onto an Indian that is not from any episode <laughs> of any show ever. In fact, it might be a female Indian. I'm not even sure. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. But um, he basically showed up. The, the, one, the crucial James Doohan episode here is from uh, is The Last of the Mohicans. 1957, uh, the episode Scapegoat, where he was this this angry villager. But, um, you know, he also shows up 
as an Indian, but this is not that. This is this just doesn't. This is photoshopped. I just want to get know, the point across. This is terrible. I just want to know who came up with that idea. Who who whoever owns this library said, "Wait, guys!" They walked into the Monday creative meeting, and they said, "Oh my God, I've got an idea. This show, this show, this show, this show happens to feature all the leads from Star Trek." Yeah. Let's put it. Don't take that away from me. I'm not done making my jokes. <laughs> I, was, Jeez, I thought I'd sneak that away. Not going to happen. Okay. You will not notice when I do it. <laughs> I will do it only for effect. <laughs> oh dear. Help us all. Okay. All right. What else are we talking about? Uh, what else are we going to talk about? We got uh, another little compilation here. Six films, all of them starring Share. Share the film collection. This is Good Times, Chastity, Silkwood, Moonstruck, Mermaids, and Tea with Mussolini. Absolutely no reason to buy this uh, unless you know somebody who is just infatuated with Cher for the holidays, who's dying to go and see Burlesque, which is the only reason they're releasing this, and uh, who just feels that they've got to have uh, these six films all um, all rammed into one package for some strange reason. Uh, of these films, look, Moonstruck's a great film. Silkwood's a pretty good film. Chastity, not such a good film. Good Times, uh, kind of a cult classic, but also not very good. Mermaids, not a fan. Tea with Mussolini. Uh, ambitious but failed. So, I don't know. There's like one great film, one good film, and a few kind of ringers in here. You know. Well, but the, the old box stats always have one or two good films and a bunch of ringers. Yeah. But for 50 bucks, you know, you got to find this thing uh, at a bargain price somewhere. And then the last of our uh, odd ephemera here, we got a couple of foreign films, both of them about unusual gay relationships. Uh, Eyes Wide Open is about Hasidic Jews who happen to be gay, two men. Uh, and uh, it's actually pretty good. It went through a lot of festivals. Wait a second. Give me this. Eyes wide open. I reviewed this film for Box Office Magazine. We've had this conversation before. I know we have. I reviewed this Is the, Pete Hammond quoted film. there instead of you? Nobody's quoted. It okay. says, Fascinates, an evocative, powerful, coming out in religion story. Box mm-hmm. Office Magazine. Now, I reviewed the film for Box Office Magazine, and I didn't say that. Interesting. That's the second time. No, actually, no, wait a second. I think that's the first time. Because weren't we, a couple weeks ago, we were flipping through Home Media Magazine, Home Theater, whatever it's called, yeah. Magazine, yeah. and I saw the ad for this. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing. So obviously, somebody emailed, somebody read the, my positive review yeah. and said there's nothing blurrable. So, so I guess they went, either went to Pete Hammond or they went to the editors mm, of Box Office and said, can you make something up for us? Go figure. Well, let me just say that Eyes Wide Open about a gay relationship in the Hasidic community is uh, quite good. It is quite good. Yep. Yeah, I agree. No, it's, it's, a little, uh, it's a little narrow in its uh, scope if you're, yeah, let's it is, say, but, it's, uh, but it's it is not, interesting. It's not Transformers. And the reason I find this interesting is that it offsets this other film that we have this week from Olive Films, which is the Danish movie by Niccolo Donato, Brotherhood, which, you know, we just had a movie about Hasidic Jews who are gay. Well, now we have a movie about Nazi skinheads who are gay. I think that would, that's like being a log cabin Republican. <laughs> it's an, it's, uh, it is an interesting movie. I don't think it's entirely – it doesn't entirely work. Um, but it's uh, – you know, it, it's basically about a guy who uh, is ejected from the uh, Danish military because of accusations that he's been hitting on his, uh, his fellow soldiers. And he winds up falling in reluctantly but eventually wholeheartedly with a fairly violent skinhead group. And then winds up having uh, a relationship with uh, the guy who's sort of assigned to be his uh, his guardian. Um, it doesn't totally work. It, be, it kind of falls into a lot of gay movie cliches, which the other film doesn't. But um, some good acting and some good filmmaking. And uh, ultimately, I, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of trying to sort of force your brain to twitch a little bit. I talked a little bit about this on uh, NPR on Friday. These movies that try to sort of make your, your brain twitch with their contradictions. Because there's another movie out called The Taqua Corps, which is about uh, uh, Muslim, like devout Muslim punkers. It's like, if I see uh, another movie about devout Muslim r- punkers, I know, right? you go nuts. Or like The Believer with Ryan Gosling as the, uh, you know, the, the Jew who's a skinhead, which, is, which actually works because he's so good. Harry Potter and the devout Muslim skinheads. That's it for our, uh, our our quick little weirdies at the top. Well, we got some music, Wade. Good music this week. Phil really Collins. good music. We have Phil Collins on Blu-ray. Phil Collins going back live at Roseland Ballroom, NYC. Do I need to name for you Phil Collins songs, Wade? No. <laughs> I like that. Very good. Uh, this is from uh, June of 2010, so it's quite recent. So you know you're pretty much getting the, uh, the, the Blu-ray... Full-blown, great audio, great video on this Phil Collins thing. Because, again, it was just shot a few months Pretty ago. Pretty nice. Really nice. Uh, they had a whole bunch of cameras on this thing. He had an 18-piece band, all the Phil Collins favorites. 
um, which uh, include In My Lonely Room. These are my favorites. Mm-hmm. May, may not be your favorites, but they're my favorites. In My Lonely Room, uh, You've Been Cheating, Dancing in the Street, the old classic. Pop was a Rolling Stone, another old classic. A lot of these are classics, but uh, it's good stuff. Phil Collins, going back. In Excess Mystify. Now, wait now, we're just talking about In Excess because the lead singer died in such an embarrassing fashion. Uh, yes, we were, we were making comparisons to um, David Carradine. Yes. Yes. And we also wondered whether the heroine of Tangled would die the same way at the end of that film. Because <laughs> she's got hair. I figure she can hang herself with the hair. Sure. Uh, let's just say that Wade and I have seen Tangled, and that didn't happen. No, it didn't, but it's a pretty great movie. Uh, it, you know what? It, it, is just, it really is. It is terrific. Tangled is terrific. Blurb it. Blurb it. Tangled, Tangled is terrific. Blurb it. We'll be talking about that on Stupid for Movies. Stupidformovies.com when very, the day comes. Very true. Anyway, uh, In Excess, uh, Mystify, Collector's Edition. This is a terrific uh, uh, collection of um, In Excess uh, live performances. A lot of this was done. Actually, most was done in uh, 1984. So we're getting some, all their great hits, their early hits, Never Tears Apart, Need You Tonight, and Girl on Fire, Devil Inside, Suicide Blonde, all the great stuff. Uh, not on Blu-ray, so, and it is from 1984, so it's not like a super-duper fantastically uh, you know, mastered disc, but it's still good music, and that's all that matters. I really, uh, dig, I really dig the, uh, the Sondheim disc there. Sondheim, the birthday concert. This Terrific. was on uh, PBS. This is a whole bunch of Sondheim songs uh, performed at the New York Philharmonic. you got a bunch of great singers here, including uh, Laura uh, Benanti, whose name I can never pronounce. Mm-hmm. Laura Benanti, uh, Matt Cavanaugh, Joanne Gleason, Nathan Gunn, Donna Murphy, who was actually one of the voices of uh, Entangled, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, really good stuff. Elaine Stritch is just a classic, oh, fancy old just, New York dame. That's just like when you say Elaine Stritch and Broadway, you might as well just – that's redundant. No, no. It's like when you say Andrea Markovici and New York and Manhattan Torch. Yeah, I don't know she what you're like talking about. She does like Torch music. Okay. Do you remember Andrea Markovici? No. The only movie Andrea Markovici ever did that anybody remembers. Yeah. Now, she's like a classic old school Torch singer, right. cabaret singer in okay. New York. She played Michael Caine's wife in The Hand. Oh, my gosh. Oliver Stone's first film. Okay. Anyway, you got uh, I'm Still Here, Sunday, Could I Leave You, It Takes Two, Growing Up, it's Finishing great. the Hat. It's all Sondheim. I saw, this originally on, on, I saw this originally on PBS in HD, and uh, Blu-ray is even better. It's just, it's just sparkling and clean. I mean, it really, that, the difference from broadcast 720 all the way up to uh, 1080p, fabulous. And the thing that's so sad to me is I, I hadn't realized that, that he's freaking 80 years old now. Like, Stephen Sondheim is 80. Isn't that bizarre? That's just insane. This guy was like, oh, man, so sad. He was like 30 or something when, he made, when they did West Side Story. Isn't that amazing? I know. What a talent. What a phenomenal talent. A lot of these guys, like, I, I bet Stephen King is like 60 years old. You know, you know I actually saw Stephen King. Uh, we were in the same uh, audience at, uh, at uh, Spamalot That's not a few true. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw Spamalot on Broadway, Stephen King was sitting like uh, four rows behind me, and I was—I was—we were literally third row. That's awesome. We were third row, and I looked behind me. I saw Stephen King in in the in the ghetto seats, and I was like, oh, yeah. I well, I, I saw Spamalot in the uh, the LA uh, production. Yes. And you know who I saw? Who did you see? Yeah, thank you. Oh man. Heaven and Hell is right a. Uh, <laughs> uh, Heaven and Hell is a uh, last concert disc for the week. This is uh, this is sort of a super group that was formed with a. Uh, 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 Geezer Butler, Tony Iommi, and uh, Ronnie James Dio. Now, Ronnie James Dio. We talked uh, about it. We had a disc of uh, Dio a few weeks ago. Yes, Ronnie James Dio died a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are some great songs. This is some. Uh, they were touring in 2009 as part of a band called Heaven and Hell. And this is uh, stuff that was recorded at the at the Wacken Festival in Germany. I'm Which just is saying, it's called the Wacken Festival. I just I and just work great. here. It's great. It's good stuff. Children of the Sea, Fear, The Edge of the World, Die Young, Heaven and Hell. Good stuff from this sort of uh, metal super group. That, um, I like it. I like it, too. That includes the late Ronnie James Dio. Dio, what a loss. And so we talked about concert. We we're going to move into sports here just for a moment before we finally get into television and regular movies. We're, we're cranking along here. Now we've got soccer, basketball, football, and hockey. I'm going to start off because being as it's basketball season again, and I'm pushing for my Lakers to three-peat once more. Come on. Come on, do it for me, Kobe. Wait, if they Fish. three-peat once more, that means they've three-peated in the past. Yes, they three-peated uh, their, in the 80s. Their, in, 80, no, 80. no, no, in 2001, uh, 2001 oh, right. 2002. And then it, it was, it, they, they went four times. They lost in that fourth year because they had that alleged dream team together with Carl Malone and uh, Gary Payton. It didn't work out. And then they came back and lost to the Celtics, and since then they've won twice. So this will be their 
eighth appearance in the last decade, and uh, it could be their sixth win. So let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Come on. Anyway, this is the L.A. Lakers NBA Final Series Collector's Edition on Blu-ray for 2010. All seven games of that amazing final series against the Celtics. Uh, Let me say this. That was not a pretty series. That was one of the ugliest uh, championship series you will ever see in the history of the NBA. That was just two incredibly talented teams bumping, grinding, uh, gutting it out in the most uh, unglamorous unspectacular way imaginable. There is, There are no highlights. There is nothing that makes you just breathe a sigh of relief. This is painful to watch over and over and over. But if you're a Lakers fan, the fact that they finally win it, it's worth having. It's a beautiful Blu-ray. The uh, These games are all shot on high def now, and they look fabulous, so I hope they don't ever release this stuff in DVD ever again. But uh, NBA is really doing a good job of uh, delivering a lot of really cool stuff here. All, a lot of cool bonus features, press conferences. Uh, they've really gone full-bore multimedia at the NBA, and this is, uh, this is a terrific set. Just absolutely wonderful. So. And on the football end of things, down to, down to DVD, it's Ultimate NFL, which, uh, you know what? I don't really get this. They, the, the, one of the big selling points on this is that they have state-of-the-art high-definition footage in slow motion, but it's a DVD, not an HD. So it's not a Blu-ray. So what's the point of the state-of-the-art high-definition footage that has been down-converted to standard def? I don't really get it. Uh, but anyway... All of my complaints uh, aside, the, um, the you know this is almost kind of gimmicky, and uh, I just I, I don't know that I can recommend it. It's not like you're watching a great game. It's not like you're watching great coverage. It's really just kind of uh, photographic gimmickry, and uh, I guess it's cool for about ten minutes or so. But seventy-five minutes, not good enough for me. Uh, then, if you are a hockey fan, you're going to want to get the special edition of the uh, Roaring to the Cup, Chicago Blackhawks 2010 Stanley Cup champions. Uh, this includes Game 5 of their, their Western Conference quarterfinal. But otherwise, this is kind of the same as the Lakers thing that I just mentioned. This is, um, this is uh, you know, just a collection. Well, it's not the, the complete final, but it's, these are key games. This is the, uh, you know, all just kind of highlighting the championship team. It's got uh, quarterfinal game five from April, uh, the finals game one, uh, finals game two, finals game five, and finals game six. And uh, if you're not a Chicago Blackhawks fan, you won't care. It's not on high def. This is the one I want to talk about here, Mark, because you have an anecdote that you want to add to, to you want to append to this. Yes, you do. We talked about this before the show, and this is your springboard. I'm giving you the opportunity to to, to mouth off about this. And by the way, we have a giveaway this week. We do? Yes, we do. I'm going to mention it uh, later. Uh, This is the official 2010 FIFA World Cup film in 3D. Blu-ray 3D. Unlike, however, most Blu-ray 3Ds uh, or 3D Blu-rays, you cannot watch this just in regular Blu-ray. You've it, it only plays in 3D, and it even tells you that. So I don't know what the point is because I am not a fan of 3D at all, especially 3D television. Love soccer, love the World Cup. Not my favorite World Cup this year, just because uh, I, you know, was rooting for the Orange Men in the final. But uh, that notwithstanding. Um, I, you know, it would be nice to get this in a way that's not 3D, and maybe I would enjoy it more. Uh, but you, you know, hey, look, you get uh, you get glasses, and it'll look lame. Mark, tell us about your feelings about 3D television. I, I've been saving this, this story. Yeah. Way doesn't know what's been going on. No, I don't. I've only had a teaser. I went to look at for the first time in my life 3D TV. I went to the Sony store. Place was empty. They had the glasses, put them on, looked into the TV. They had that FIFA thing on it, that FIFA Blu-ray 3D. Can I tell you something, Wade? Huh. I liked it. Why? I liked I, – I am not a fan of 3D movies. I've gone off the record. I've gone on the record. I've gone through the record yeah. as saying that 3D movies only work for me when the movie is shot with 3D rigs and 3D right down the line. Then I can, then I can consider it. Post-converted on the cheap not into it 3D TV mm-hmm. I like for two reasons why not that I like it for everything sure I, I'm not going to watch you know, uh, uh, yeah. you know daytime TV no I get you the view with 3D God forbid yeah video games they played video games in 3D oh yeah totally cool yeah yeah totally things I'm, are spinning I'm, uh, look, and going I'm, and doing com- and zwing zwing I've said from the beginning and I'm totally on board with that I just don't see the point for anything else on television hang on okay go on uh, the sports stuff that I saw 
uh, the FIFA thing, it's okay. Eh. It, it's okay. I, I, you know, you're, you're hoping that 3D maybe would allow you to see something in an angle or a different way that you can't. There might be potential for baseball. Like, let's say you can tell whether a, a ball went through the strike zone or it's outside or inside because it's 3D. Maybe, not sure. There's some movies, that, the movie clips they had on 3D. Mm-hmm. Some of those I liked. I'll tell you why. The TV was a 16 by 9 TV. Uh-huh. Right? And some of the films they were showing mm-hmm. were like, you know, uh, 235 and, you know, aspect ratios that were wider sure. or whatever than, than the 16, regular 16 by 9 TV. And what's nice is that there was an animated scene where this, uh, this, this kid goes on a skateboard down the sidewalk, and he's, go, he's going down the skateboard. He's, 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 uh, there's sparks flying out of his uh, skateboard because he's going so fast. And the cool part was how the sparks actually sort of went out of the screen into the black – because, again, it's a 16 by 9 TV, but like a 235 animated film. And I thought that was a really cool effect. Groovy. And the thing is, is that unlike a movie, unlike a movie screen, when you're 100 feet away in a gigantic room where the effect is lost, basically, when you're watching it on TV, you are one man or a woman watching the TV from five feet away, and it becomes much more interesting. I'm not going to say great, worthwhile groundbreaking, a much more interesting experience when you're one guy with the glasses five feet away. So I did see the potential for a 3D TV. That doesn't mean I saw the potential of post-converting I Love Lucy in 3D. I don't mean that. Yeah. I mean video games, okay. certain movies, and sports if there's a way to allow you to immerse yourself into the experience more, help you understand the intricacies of the game more yeah. through the 3D experience. I'm not sure that's the case, but mm-hmm. I did see that the potential could be there. Okay. You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? No, I didn't. You thought I was going to be a hater. Yeah. You know who else is a hater? I am. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to move into some animated stuff here, and then we're going to close out with new movies and television. Um, This is DC Showcase. If you haven't followed up on DC Showcase, there's a lot of cool stuff here. DC Showcase, uh, animated original shorts. This, um, This is pretty cool. This is... Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. Now, this is out on Blu-ray and on DVD. It's not a, the, the, uh, the artwork that they have for the cover of this thing is pretty fabulous. If anybody ever did animation with that level of artwork, I would just be all over it. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's not what it is. No. But um, you know what? I really do enjoy the fact that we've got um, – you know, there, there are some really cool sh- other shorts on here. Jonah Hex, which is better than the movie. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Green Arrow, Black Canary, and the Spectre uh, are also featured on here in the, these bonus shorts. But the um, – I gotta tell you, the the whole narrative of uh, of Superman and uh, Captain Marvel, and this is really cool. You know, they've done that a number of times in the comic strip uh, or in the comic books because they are very similar, right? They're both they sort of look alike, and they both fly, and they both are invincible and whatnot. Except they just have different origins. Uh, but I like Captain Marvel. I used to watch uh, Shazam and the uh, and ISIS every Saturday morning on television. You remember that the Shazam ISIS hour, Mark? Oh yes, I do. You bet. We uh, we're reliving our childhoods on this show, folks. Yes, we are. Uh, anyway, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm glad they. I'm glad this is out. It looks great on Blu-ray. Perfectly acceptable on on uh, DVD. And uh, I think the uh, the uh, the Spectre and the Green Arrow stuff is really cool too. So uh, get your DC on. Go crazy. And if you still can't get enough Superman, then there's Secret Origin, the story of DC Comics. And uh, this is narrated by Ryan Reynolds, who, of course, is going to become part of DC lore because he is going to be now Green Lantern. And have you seen any of the Green Lantern uh, preview stuff? Zero. I've only seen stills. Yeah, He, he looks good in the suit, though. Well, I, the suit's all CGI, right? I heard the suit was all CG. Is the suit completely CG? I, I believe so. Really? Yes. I could be wrong, so but I he, believe it is. So what they, he did, he did it naked, and they they just see. Uh, never mind. Anyway, this is a documentary. Actually, it is a um, detailed historical archival look at the history of DC Comics, which is nice because everyone always focuses on Marvel, and I was always a DC fan, and I always caught flack from people for being a DC person because all the Marvel people think they're so cool, all their. Uh, well, there's there you know there's a, there's an elitism with the Marvel crowd. I think that I don't really appreciate. I was Marvel. I was DC. All about DC. Earth One, Earth Two, Earth Prime. I'm all about it. Justice League, Justice Society. Oh well, the uh, the, the the crisis. Uh, I remember the crisis series. Crisis. That was a big deal. That's you. Yeah, that was See? a huge deal. That was an awesome deal. Oh man, I but, remember but, that so well. But but here's the thing: DC had to do that because they had completely convoluted their line. Yeah. Whereas Marvel never did that. 
Yeah, Marvel's got too many, too many like weird mutant things. You know, I don't know what that means. Doctor Strange is the only Marvel hero that I really I don't understand. Why Doctor Strange is like Doctor Strange and Thor? I was into those two. Really? Yeah. You like the lame B characters? See, I like Doctor Strange and Thor. They were cool. Anyway, now this is really terrific. I uh, I do recommend this. This is nice. It gives uh, gives DC a little bit of its um, a little bit of its mojo back. Um, and then we also have uh, Metalocalypse, season three, The Dead Man. Now this is on Blu-ray. Uh, we've talked about this before. I'm just going to say I kind of don't get Metalocalypse. This goes with all that Adult Swim stuff that Mark and I are feel like old geezers about. But uh, it, it looks cool, but i I got to tell you, I can't take more than about five minutes of this stuff. So if you're, if you're a fan, go out and get your Blu-ray on. Looks gorgeous. Makes no sense to me. Mark? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were tossing it to me. <laughs> there you go. Raggy? Yeah. Scooby-Doo, Camp Scare original movie. This was on the uh, Cartoon Network. You know, at this point, Scooby-Doo has lost all of its luster and lore and brilliance. Well, maybe not brilliance, but... It's lost. It, it's just. It's, it's just. They it's, went. To, they've gone to the well too many times. It's. It's not. You know. It, it, it. The fumes are running on fumes. It's just too much. There's some special features here, including uh, the bonus episode of the show and some. Uh, who cares? Jesus Christ! Know. No one cares Screw about this crap it. anymore. Uh, here's some uh, kid stuff for uh, for the kid or pedophile in your family. <laughs> we have uh, Care Bears, the Giving Festival movie. This is about a bunch of bears who uh, slaughter the town folks until they oh, just bleed man. bloody guts everywhere. No, I, this I, is, uh, I just have no love for the Care Bears. The Care Bears. The giving, uh, who they turn even? children into, into cowards. Well, they should. Uh, <laughs> what else? No one cares about this crap. The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse numbers round up three. This is where you can learn how to, uh, how to uh, cut cocaine. You're blowing through this too quickly. This has Mickey Moat. This includes, this includes Mickey Moat. Uh, oh, wait, on here's it, another Scooby-Doo one. Scooby-Doo, where are you? The Volume 4 is spooked by you. These are more episodes where the bad guy tried to scare the kids away so that they can keep the gold to themselves. Mark, this has a Mickey moat in it. A little, a little kitty like remote toy thing. That's great. It's a Mickey moat. Don't you like that? I just want to say, here's the problem I have with the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse thing. It's all CG. And it's not just CG. It's bad CG. And if you're going to do Mickey Mouse, please do it the classic way so that you don't just completely desecrate everything that we have in our memories about the original Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Minnie. And, and you know, come on. These guys, make them look right. Don't, don't do this CGI animation junk for, for them. Really don't. Please don't. And... Um, as long as we're in toddler territory here, because that's where our listeners are. That's where we are. Uh, Leapfrog, learning DVD and CD set, volume two. Three DVDs and a music CD. Uh, the learning frog kind of freaks me out a little bit, as do uh, a lot of things for kids these days. But here's what you get in here. You get Math Adventure to the Moon, Word Caper, and Math Circus. This stuff is all for just teaching. It's, it's Sesame Street stuff, right? It's teaching kids how to, you know, spell and do math and how to use their memory and how to, you know, as Mark said, cut cocaine and things like that. It's teaching them valuable life skills. Um, and this is for really, really little kids. And it's kind of a way of duping them into learning without their feeling like they actually are learning. I guess if it works, knock yourselves out. But uh, it creeps me out a little bit because they're frogs. They're frogs, Mark. They're frogs. I'm just saying. They're frogs. Uh, Wade, we have uh, the Garfield Odie show. The Garfield show o Odie. Now, I don't like I, this. I hate Garfield. Garfield is the worst. I like Garfield as an animated character, but this gets into that CG stuff again. Is, I hate the CGI really, animation. It is rudimentary CG. And the thing with Garfield is that, you know, Garfield is not a cat. He's no. not a real... What cat do you know eats lasagna and uh, kicks dogs off of tables? I don't know. It, it, it has nothing to do with no. a cat. He could be no. anything. Yeah, true. I just don't get Garfield. So the Garfield show ODO is a uh, is a whole th- a bunch of episodes featuring Odie again, as Wade says, it's CGI and has no personality. And Garfield has way too many facial expressions. He's just you know because Garfield is like this very he's kind of this cool cat who doesn't really scream and yell yeah. and freak out a lot. But here because they got a kind of I just don't I just don't like the animation on this show. Well, no, I don't it's like CG. It. It's terrible. Right, whatever. I'm, I'm done talking about Garfield. Okay, who's more annoying, Elmo or SpongeBob SquarePants? I thought the SpongeBob movie was funny. SpongeBob movie? Yeah. This ain't the SpongeBob movie. Which this is all is... I know of SpongeBob, so I would have no. to say by default, Elmo is the one I find more annoying. Okay, well, this is Legends of... Well, I'll do SpongeBob first. Legends of Bikini Bottom, starring SpongeBob. Um, I, I, the whole idea of a 
uh, sponge that talks. I don't know. I, I still this is you know kids today. Boy, I don't know what you're what you're drinking or smoking or, or doing. But wait, do we have a giveaway? Oh yeah, we do. Maybe I'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> this is we're forcing you to go through all this, folks. That's what that's how good the giveaway is. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this is uh, blah blah blah. SpongeBob and his bikini bottom friends and. Uh, yeah, they've uh, blah blah blah. It's the same thing all the time. This is just weird crap under the water. Never mind. Uh, so you get. Um, I'm getting tired of this. Finally, now I this know. is where I was a year it's and a half like, ago. I know. And then L1 Friends, the Letter Quest, and other magical tales, including the Cookie Touch and the Shoe Fairy. Uh, this is just more Elmo nonsense with some interesting guest stars here. Uh, Adults who obviously have nothing better to do than to show up on, you know, these shows to remind kids that they exist. That includes Neil Patrick Harris and, wow, boy, gosh, the things that people have to do to pay their, make their boat payments. Okay. Uh, yes, here, here's our giveaway. Here's our giveaway this week. What? what? No, 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 no. Just hand me, hand me this. No, that has nothing to do with it. Thank God. I'm just cleaning, I'm just cleaning up here. The, uh, the giveaway this week is a Blu-ray DVD combo set of The Expendables, which we will be reviewing next week and doing the giveaway next week, announcing the winner of the giveaway. Uh, we have one to give away. Not five, not four, not three, not two, just one. Just one. That's all they made available to us. So one lucky listener will get the Blu-ray DVD combo of The Expendables. You just have to email us, put sly in the message, in the in the subject header, sly in the uh, in the line, sly s l y. No weird spellings, no nothing, because this is all going to get filtered. And uh, you put sly in the uh, in the subject, and then your name and address in the body of the message. And we will do one of our drawings next week. We'll be uh, taking um, we'll be taking emails right up until midnight Thursday. I know Mark's going to ask me which Thursday. Now, wait a second, wait, wait a second. We don't need to have a giveaway. There already is a winner. The winner's been picked. Really? Yes, Steve Austin, you win the Expendables Blu-ray Combo Pack. Uh, Yeah. No, this is going to be midnight uh, Pacific time of November 18th, Thursday. So that means watch Stupid for Movies at 8 Pacific time on stupidformovies.com. And then uh, you still have, uh, you know, at the end, you have another three hours to uh, send your email off. Sly in the subject, name and address in the body of the message. What are you looking at? I'm just marveling at the You're marveling at the Steve Austinness. Yeah, the glorious Steve Austinness. Look, it's, it's got a, it's got a hologram at the top. Such a good show. Oh, well, Such it, a good show. That Bigfoot episode was dreadful. Oh, it's the best. Andre the Giant, man, was the best Bigfoot ever. So anyway, uh, and we will give you the DVD Blu-ray combo of uh, the Expendables, which uh, we'll talk about next week. If you watched Stupid for Movies when the movie was released, you know what I thought of it at least. Uh, so a couple of final titles here on the uh, on the kid end of things: the Superhero Squad show. Again, Mark and I have talked about how we're not fond of all these uh, these shows where they take heroes and turn them into kids, you know, like uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and, and as little kids and all that stuff. But that some people really dig it. So, uh, Volume Two: Quest for the Infinity Sword, the Superhero Squad show, little tiny uh, Iron Man and little tiny Hulk and little tiny Silver Surfer and little tiny X Men. There you go. It's just awfully cute. And uh, finally. We talked about Scooby-Doo earlier. This is more live-action Scooby-Doo. Um, this is the family double feature, Scooby-Doo 1 and 2, both feature films with that horrible, dreadful, appalling CGI Scooby um, on one Blu-ray. Is there a reason to get this? I don't think so. But, you know, some people apparently like these movies. They made a, a little bit of money, and uh, that Raja Gosnell directed both of them. And I guess that's, I don't know. What do we think about Raja Gosnell, Mark? I don't think of him at all, actually. I don't. It is I, a him, I, right? Yes. Okay. I think he uh, maybe could have had a career somewhere down the line, but now he just does his bad movies. Dreadful. I oh. agree. All right. And, and this? we're going we're gonna to wrap out now with uh, television and new movies. Well, let's do the new movies. Let's do new the, movies. The television doesn't look uh, very good. We can roll, roll through it fast, but we're just saying well, not, it doesn't look good this week. Mark, we talked about the uh, Jonah Hex DVD last week on Blu-ray Jonah Hex. Is it any better? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This movie blows much less on Blu-ray than it blew on DVD. Uh, this movie is terrible, and it's with Josh Brolin, who uh, comes out unscathed because he's Josh Brolin, and he's cool. 
And uh, Jimmy, Hay- uh, Jimmy Hayward, who directed Horton Here's a Who, for some reason directed this. And the movie's terrible, which we talked about last week. Uh. Also, we have uh, The Kids Are Alright, which is a uh, very good uh, film from a very terrific indie director named Elisa Cholodenko. And, uh, Wh- whom I've interviewed, by the way. Who Wade has interviewed. Now, mm-hmm. what do you like about this film? You know, I, it, it's, uh, basically, it's a story of a, you know, we, we have a lot of new family paradigms in the world right now, right? I mean, it's about a gay couple, uh, two women who, and their adopted, ch- well, they're not adopted children, but they're the children that they have by a seed donor who eventually comes back into their lives. And it's sort of how these people all deal with basically what is a very unconventional change in their family structure. And you know what? At the end of the day, family's a family. It just is. And uh, that's what I like about this. It is. No. It's what I like about it is, is that it basically says that, that you know, people, people will love whom they're going to love and they're going to embrace whatever paradigm makes their lives happy. And uh, I think it's a, it's a very sharp film. It's a very entertaining film. And, but it's insightful at the same time. And Lisa Cholodenko has uh, kind of been in the wilderness a little while. She's done some noteworthy movies, but she, you know, has kind of been in, in indie um, – Indie purgatory for a little while, and uh, this is nice. She's got her; uh, she's on the mend, and she's got an amazing cast here with Annette Bening and Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo. They're all terrific. Mark Ruffalo uh, probably is as, as sharp as he's been in years. Annette Bening, I think, stands to v- a very good chance of getting an Oscar nomination either for this or for uh, Mother and Child. And uh, Julianne Moore, just radiant. So it's a it's a sharp film all around, and uh, not much on the way of by way of extras. Uh, a feature commentary by Lisa Chilodenko is very good. She's she's very sharp. Uh, I interviewed her at an evening at the uh, Skirball Center some years ago, and she's you know a little bit shy to begin with, but once you get her get her going, she's very bright and very articulate. And then some um, some interesting behind the scenes uh, tidbits. Monty Walsh, Mark Monty Walsh. You ever seen Monty Walsh? In in person? No. Just uh, Lee Marvin as Monty Walsh. No, I have not. You're missing out, Mark. You know who directed this? He Monty died. Re- Walsh. He died recently. Um, he died. He was a DP. He but he directed this. Died recently was a DP. Bill Fraker. Oh. Uh, yeah. William Fraker, 1970, the uh, one of the greatest cinematographers of all time, directed Lee Marvin as Monty Walsh in what is basically kind of a peck and paw film. It is, uh, you know, Lee Marvin has one of those faces that was just completely designed for the West. And uh, here he's, you know, he's just, he can't, um, he can't just sort of let the the rough-hewn edges of the West set, kind of go into his past. He can't sort of accept uh, things changing. And uh, it's a it's a fascinating character study of a particular type that you see in a lot of westerns, but they never sort of take it to this extent. And uh, I really like this film. Great John Barry music. Uh, you know, John Barry always does great music for his westerns. And uh, William Franker, not a bad director. Don't know why he didn't do more of it. I really don't. And before we get into a little television, uh, a couple of the two A releases this week I'm going to say is the Blu-ray booklet of Mutiny on the Bounty. Now, there have been a number of these films, and I know what you're thinking. The Marlon Brando Mutiny on the Bounty? No. The Bounty starring Mel Gibson? No. This is the original Mutiny on the Bounty, which won uh, a number of Academy Awards, including Best Picture, starring Charles Lawton and Clark Gable in 1935. It is a beautiful Blu-ray booklet. Just bear in mind that this movie is not widescreen, and it is not color. Um, so, you know, you get a really, really crackling great Blu-ray of a, uh, basically a one three three aspect ratio black and white movie, but it is gorgeous. It is uh, as sharp as anything that Warner Brothers has ever done. Uh, if you like Casablanca on Blu-ray, you're going to love this because it has that same silvery sheen. They really kind of restore the, uh, the silver nitrate look to these things in Blu-ray, and that's what I love most. This includes the 1935 short Pitcairn Island Today that was used as kind of a, um, a promotional uh, ditty for this thing. And then the newsreel of the Academy Awards and uh, theatrical trailers of this film plus the Marlon Brando version from 1962, which is also quite a good film. But uh, I, I think this is just terrific. I'm thrilled that this is out. Get that old Blu-ray, that old uh, DVD off your shelf and uh, get rid of it. Get yourself a new Blu-ray of uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. And then Buster Keaton in Sherlock Jr. and Three Ages. Uh, Kino is putting all their Keaton stuff out on Blu-ray. This is wonderful. Um, two fabulous films. 
you know, feature length together, each one a little bit shorter than feature length. Sherlock Jr. is about 45 minutes. Three Ages lasts an hour. Not the best Keaton films. Sherlock Jr. is, you know, certainly one of the more popular ones. But uh, I still think, you know, for just knockout Keaton, there's nothing like The General. But The General is on Blu-ray, too. Yeah, and The General is on Blu-ray as well. But, you know, if you've got to keep your Keaton collection complete, this is the one you want to do. And uh, there's some interesting little extras here. There's a documentary on the making of Sherlock Jr., uh, written by film historian David Pearson, which is quite good, and a little uh, visual essay on locations used in the film by John Bengston. And then uh, there's on uh, Three Ages, there's a nine-minute excerpt from uh, Man's Genesis, which is um, kind of the film that inspired Three Ages so that you know uh, kind of the pedigree of where Keaton was going when he was making the film because it is kind of sort of a bit of a a parody or a satire. And uh, pretty great. So um, pretty great. Got to get your Keaton on, on Blu-ray. And I can't wait for them to put Chaplin on Blu-ray. I don't know what the delay is. That is the weird thing. It is. It makes no sense. And then it's uh, wrapping out the new movies this week. It's kind of thin on new movies. We got st- some uh, direct-to-DVD and direct-to-Blu-ray stuff for the uh, the teen female set, Debbie Ryan and Jean-Luc Bilodeau in 16 Wishes. Now, I know what you're thinking, Mark. You're thinking, my gosh, Debbie Ryan and Jean-Luc Bilodeau together? Really? In a movie? Like on, in the same movie? I know, right? What took them so long? Exactly. Years in the making? Yeah. What took them so long? I mean, those two are like, geez, totally unknown. You're right. They are. Who are they? Yeah, well, Debbie Ryan. <laughs> Debbie Ryan is from uh, The Sweet Life on Deck, which is one of those Disney shows. And uh, Bila Doe is from Kyle XY. So obviously oh, yeah. the kids know who they are. The kids know. The only thing I remember about Kyle XY was the one sheet where the kid, where the, right, the kid I know. didn't have a belly button. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, anyway, the kids know who these two are. It's uh, oh my gosh! It's just it's so young. It's so awesome. It's just so cool being sixteen. Sixteen wishes. Oh, it's the best. And then we have this thing on Blu-ray and on DVD called Ramona and Beezus. Mark, did you see this? Because we've got a Blu-ray DVD combo with digital copy and then a regular uh, DVD for Ramona and Beezus. It's awesome. Beezus Christ. Oh, that's great. It stars Joey King and uh, Selena Gomez. Come on. Give it up. Now, what's the deal with Demi Lovato? I, I, I don't know who that was until last week when now she's like, she's like seven years old and she's in rehab because she's uh, drunk or something. What's going on with that? I have no Wait, idea. tell me right now. I, I, I don't keep up with them. Okay, good. But you know who does? That's you right. Actually, Thank you. Wait, you actually, you <laughs> see, you're on board. I am on board. <laughs> it's just one of those days. It's been one of those weeks. Hasn't it been one of those weeks? Not for me. It, has, it was for me. Well, because I was on NPR on Friday, and uh, Tim and I had to just see an unwieldy bunch of horrible movies. Don't name drop. I'm on NPR, blah, blah, blah. I'm all smart. I talk to people about smart things, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we had to see a whole bunch of horrible stuff. That, honestly, like, I didn't get any sleep Thursday night. I started watching movies about 6 p.m. Thursday evening. This is what my life is like, people. About 6 p.m., I had four movies left to watch. So, so like, 6 until 8.30, I watched one. Then I watched the uh, from 8.30 to about 11. I watched the, the French film uh, uh, Outside the Law which is about the Algerian War. And then I watched uh, this movie about a Catholic nun from the 12th century called Vision by Margareta von Trotta until like 3 in the morning. And then I watched some documentary I got a, about a guy that got beaten and makes a doll city that recreates World War II scenarios that recreate his beating or some such. I mean, I got no sleep. I basically watched like four movies all night long. Yeah, and what's going to happen on December 11th, the day before we vote? I'll, I'll, I'll be watching probably another four or five movies, yes, whatever, whatever's left over. But whatever they send us. Dreadful. Dreadful. Anyway, we only have a few minutes left, and we want to get to some television. So, uh, yeah, basically here. This is, you know what, uh, this Ramona and Beezus that I keep avoiding wanting to talk about. Um, this stars Selena Gomez, who's on that Wizards of Waverly Place show that I can't stand to watch more than 15 seconds of. And uh, this, uh, this girl, Joey King, is the newcomer here. She's young. She's cute. She's bubbly. They're all kind of – this is a 20th Century Fox release, but they just scream Disney in every conceivable way. And um, you know what? It's just about two sisters doing that sisterly thing. The older one, the younger one. Oh, they play. They have fun. And it's coming of age and, you know, whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there, there are people out there who just are addicted to all those Disney family things. And uh, they'll see this and they'll go, oh, look, a couple of cute girls. Oh, my gosh. And it's got uh, Selena Gomez. We've got we to 
Got to get it. Yep. Knock yourselves out. All right, wait. Here we go. We're wrapping this up. On uh, four, uh, four discs, we have uh, the BBC version of The Chronicles of Narnia. Is, of Which course, has is, been out 175 times. Yes. Why are they releasing it again, Mark? Well, because there's a new one. There's, the, there's a new version. It's uh, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe, and... Now, you didn't oh, know see. that there was a version of the film with Steve Austin <laughs> I, I in it. I didn't know that. Unbelievable. I didn't know that. Uh, Princess Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn <laughs> Treater, whatever the hell that Dawn is. Treader, yeah. Dawn Treader. <laughs> that, you know what? They, and it, The Silver Chair. Obviously, this is because there's another Narnia film coming out of the holiday is? season. Yes. Yes, there is. And actually, I just pumped the mic. I, I got to tell you, this BBC production, even though it's all low budget and no CGI and everything, uh, really pretty good. Very faithful. Uh, in many ways, better than these, these really overbloated movies they keep releasing. Oh, wait, no one cares. BBC yeah. also is uh, Sherlock. Now, this is a, uh, this is a contemporary take on um, the Sherlock Holmes adventures. This is with Martin Freeman, who I always enjoy, and this guy named uh, Benedict really good Cumberbatch. Cast. Benedict Cumberbatch. Look at that guy. And the Oscar goes to Benedict Cumberbatch. I love that name. Uh, there's three episodes here, A Study in Pink, The Blind Banker, and The Great Game. There's also some special features, including a commentary. This is, uh, look, for a contemporary take on yep. Sherlock Holmes, I think it's kind of good. It's very good. Yeah. It has a following for good reason, and uh, two terrific actors. I mean, Cumberbatch is great, and Martin Freeman is great. Doctor Who, the Martin Freeman. Season, also from uh, uh, the good folks at the BBC. The complete fifth season of Doctor Who. This is the new version of Doctor Who. This is the one with uh, Matt uh, Smith and uh, Karen Gillan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of like the older ones, you know, because it's yeah, something cheesy. about the show that you feel it needs to be sort of a yeah. period piece more yeah. than it needs to be contemporary. But you know what? People dig it. Well, they keep they keep reinventing Doctor Who, and it's, it's part of the tradition that there's always a new guy playing Doctor Who. So, uh, you know, if they ever make a mistake, they can correct it just by casting a new guy. And speaking of which, you know, uh, Johnny Depp just signed on to play uh, the Doctor role Who? in... Doctor uh, Who? No, in... Um, uh, oh, my Lord. I forgot. Dark Shadows. Oh, oh, that's right. Atticus Finch, whatever his name is. <laughs> Atticus Finch in Dark Shadows? Wow. That's like... That would be freaky. <laughs> maybe maybe Atticus Finch has to represent... Oh Dark my shadows gosh! Can you imagine sort of Atticus of... Finch becomes a vampire and <laughs> he like starts? He just, oh my gosh! It becomes a, a civil rights quandary. <laughs> Lie to me. The complete second season. This is the Fox show. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of special Tim features Roth. in here. Tim Roth, 22 episodes. Tim Roth should discs. be features, but you know what? He's getting steady work. So he is. Gotta love it. Uh, never, I never latched onto the show, but other people have. Perry Mason. This is season five, volume two. This, of course, are the back fifteen episodes of season five. Oh, we look, look. Take a cue from the six million dollar man. Put the whole thing out in one big collection, so that when you open the box, well, it'll it might say Perry Mason, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know this. Oh, this season one, two, half, and point three. Come on, stop it, please. We've, uh, we've pretty much uh, we say that every time, and we're, I know. It, it pisses us off every time. Uh, one last thing from uh, the good folks across the pond: we have uh, Wycliffe. Yeah. Jack Shepard plays the uh, – he's a detective. He's a superintendent. Uh, he wears a trench coat, and uh, that means he's fantastic. Wycliffe. These are, these are two sets of Wycliffe. This is uh, – Yes. Yeah. No, this is uh, Series 3 and Series – I'm sorry, Series 4 and Series 5. Uh, they've already released Series 1 through 3, and uh, I like Wycliffe because he represents that British, that British cop sensibility where you're, you're smart but you're grizzled. Here on American TV, you can only be smart or grizzled. These guys are smart and grizzled. I You're like saying that. He's scrizzled. He's scrizzled. Yeah. Wait, why don't you tell the good folks how with how they can win the Expendables? You Blu-ray. can win the Expendables DVD Blu-ray combo by sending us an email. Subject should read Sly for Sly Stallone, but just Sly S L Y, and then uh, put your name and uh, address, mailing address, in the body of the message. We will do a, do a drawing next week after we have received all the emails, which m- must come in before midnight. Uh, Thursday night, midnight, uh, November 18th, and uh, we'll do a drawing, and uh, you're going to love it. It's going to be fun. Good that's time. The show. Is, that, is that the show? Uh, you know what, Mark? I think that's the show. So uh, please tune in next week or watch us on uh, on our Stupid for Movies show every Thursday at 8 p.m. at God's at, uh, sorry, uh, stupidformovies.com. My brain is just in a knot today. Stupidformovies.com. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Or email us anything you want, gods at digigods.com. We also have a Facebook page for uh, this show and for Stupid for Movies. And uh, we're also on YouTube now, too, don't we? We've got the, what's that, YouTube slash Streaming Garage? Is Streaming that what Garage Mike? is the uh, producer Mike does all sorts of shows under the banner of Streaming Garage, and we are yeah. under that banner. Very good. So there you go. So this is Mark Kaiser. Along with Wade Major. And 